Hey everybody, welcome to episode 94 of Outspoken. My name is Justin White, and before I introduce my guest this episode, I just want to talk for a minute about things. Um, hey, how's everybody doing? How um, insane are you now compared to how you were before things got way weird. Um, I am moderately insane. Um, you know, I've been going in waves of feeling okay and then not okay and then really not okay and then okay again. And it's a little disconcerting or a lot maybe. And it's, uh, very exhausting and I'm sure almost everyone can relate to that. And maybe that is what we're supposed to be focusing on, that this is an opportunity for all of us, all humans, to look around at the circle, the big old circle that we're all uh, holding hands in, and, uh, you know, smile at your neighbor and say, I love you to somebody, and give somebody a hug if you aren't uh, spreading virus while you do so, and things like that. Um, but mostly to look at the people that we disagree with and find some way to love them beyond what they're talking about or thinking about or doing. Uh, and I think it's a really super hard challenge, but I think it's a worthy one. And it's one that I have embarked on and uh, will continue to uh, pursue. And I invite you to do that with me. So, uh, yeah, love thy neighbor and all that. Not in any kind of religious way, you heard, but um, in a way that makes us all feel like we can coexist. Um, All right, well, that's all I wanted to say for now, and then I'm going to say some other things at the end. But now I'd like to introduce my friend and guest, uh, Dustin P., and um, we have known each other for mm, a number of years now, and we were brought together by our mutual friend Dave, who's been on the program. Um, and I'm really grateful to know him. Uh, we didn't, you know, we we've only seen each other in group gatherings over the course of years, and you know, sporadically during that time. So it was really great to talk one-on-one and get to know each other in a deeper way and for me talking to Dustin is like wading into a cool mountain lake after a long walk on a way too hot summer's day well where do you feel like starting I feel like starting in the kind of in the present. Okay, that's a good place to start. Um, it's the only place to start, actually. <laughs> right now, I've been. Uh, I feel like yeah, I just turned forty a few days ago. Happy birthday, man! Thanks, man. That's and, a milestone, uh, huh? Yeah, huge one. And you know, I was really nervous about it. Really? Uh, yeah, just like you know, it's kind of a big mirror of like you're getting older and uh, start to look at all the things in your life 
what you've done, um, you know, what you want to do. And, um, do you start to assess like where you fall on the, in the rankings when you do that? I kind of do. I mean, mainly it, it got me to look at my health. Okay. That's a good thing. My, you know, my physical health, spiritual health, all the healths. (laughs) Right. (laughs) (laughs) And, uh, you know, started making some changes a few months back. I wanted to be that this is 40 guy, you know? Okay. uh, (laughs) Like everything's, everything's all set by that point. Like you get it all figured out. Yeah. And, and along that process, I realized, you know, I was neglecting a lot of my health. Um, so Like in, in, in what way were you, you're partying or eating badly or I think, you know, the pandemic, um, you know, spent a lot of time alone. Yep. Also spent a lot of time with my daughter and I, and I felt like when she wasn't around, I was kind of like, you know, just trying to live it up and, uh, drinking too much. And as a lot of us I hear we're doing, um, and it just, you know, just wasn't serving me anymore. Um, so, you know, I started kind of like cutting back on that. Um, started was, back was there, that. you go ahead. Sorry to interrupt, but I'm just curious, was there an incident or did you just feel bad? Like it just wasn't working for you? Well, kind of both. I mean, let me, let me, so, you know, I, I, uh, well, how, how do I start this? I'll stop interrupting and just let you tell. No, no what you're it's, saying. Fine. it's fine. I, I don't even know where to even start. Um, it's a big story. Um, well, in terms of the, like, I, I mean, I, I can really relate to the wanting to live it up when you're officially not on parenting duty. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, and I can relate to how that's, be, it can become fairly destructive fairly quickly or at least yeah. counterproductive. Yeah. It's, and it kind of gets away from you. Um, mm-hmm. the next thing you know, you get on the scale and you're like, Jesus Christ, man, like where did this <laughs> extra 40 pounds come from. Um, you know, a couple of years back, I lost a bunch of weight after my divorce. Um, it was really cool. And I started, I, and I actually say I kind of released it to be honest. I let go of it. Mm-hmm. Um, it felt like such a spiritual and emotional cleansing to just let go of all that baggage of the past. Yeah, that's cool. In the form of physical weight. So yeah, that's a pretty great way to to represent it and just say like goodbye. Yeah, that's what it felt like. And and I actually feel lighter. I feel lighter, and um, and people notice, and and it affects you know every aspect of your life. So you know, I kind of set on that journey. I was looking into like what it might be like to date again. And I was like, okay, that's a good motivation to like start getting healthy. 40th birthday's coming up. So I started kind of eating my, I guess, keto-like again, but I, I kind of have my own version. It's just basically lowering my carb and sugar. And okay. uh, my body seems to respond really well to that. Nice. And um, so, yeah, in the last two months, I'd say two and a half months, I've dropped about 45 pounds. Wow, man. That's um, big. And I feel you're pre- you preparing for a role. <laughs> yeah. The role of Dustin. Good. The true self. <laughs> yeah. Um, cool. And 
you know, started working out. I got a bike trainer. Um, I've always done yoga in the past and I've always loved how that made me feel, but I've never really experienced the cardio side of things. Um, okay. and it's really great. It's, it's been like a drug honestly, and it, and it's replaced some of my bad habits, uh, with something really positive and clean, um, you know, heart healthy. Do you, do you find that if you're, if you don't stick to that, the new regimen, you mm-hmm. fall back on the old one or you you're tempted to? Mm, yeah, I, I see the, I see the, I see that as a possibility, but, um, I'm being a lot more gentle with myself this, these days. Um, it's more about the craving of that endorphin rush that I'm missing. And I feel like nothing really can replace it, to be honest. Huh? So that's um, cool. Yeah. I'm just finding myself, whether I'm doing stretches and yoga or running in place, if I'm not around the bike trainer, um, it's, you know, it's the first thing I think of in the morning. Um, I get up typically and write, you know, anywhere from five to who knows how many pages in my journal and, uh, get on the bike. Wow. Every morning that's your routine. That's been pretty much my solid routine for the better part of the last month, I would say. That's great, man. That sounds quite healthy. Yeah. I like it. And when you write in your journal, what are you writing? Well, so this, so this, uh, actually it's interesting. You know, you met whenever we, whenever I saw you last, um, when I mean 10 years ago, (laughs) I think I was in, I was in San Francisco for some, I I was visiting with Lindsay. Yeah. You came through briefly and we hung out at that rooftop place. Yeah. But, um, that feels like it was so long ago. Yeah. I know it wasn't. It was a few years, I think almost. Well, I think it would have been about a year and a half or so. That sounds right. And, you know, basically, uh, we, you know, we, we had this great relationship, uh, when COVID hit, um, we decided to, you know, take a break and actually in the form of like breaking up and, uh, it was a really, really cool time. I, I, I had no idea what was going to come of it, but you know, that being away from someone that you're spending all your days with all of a sudden, and now they're gone. And you know, because you're quarantining that you don't have necessarily the threat of dating, you know, so you didn't really have to, I didn't really have to deal with that part of the breakup, if that makes sense. I think so. Yeah. I mean, you just went straight into like self-reflective mode. Pretty much. And we kept talking and we developed this incredibly beautiful friendship and this deep, like best friend. Wow. Yeah. That's awesome. And it's really awesome. And, and, you know, to, without going into too many crazy details, um, when she, when she came back, let's see, it's been ah, a little over a month ago, I think, um, we, you know, we started hanging out again and all those, all those feelings that we were probably not being completely honest about came back around. And, uh, the cool part is, is that we were like both so sure that we were just going to maintain a friendship only and that we would move past that partnership phase of our, of our life together. And, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, she was dating someone else. I was talking to 
other people. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's developed into this kind of thing where we both realize, like, what are we doing? <laughs> like, this isn't this isn't working. And uh, we uh, we got back together, actually, which is really <laughs> cool. <laughs> really recently then, right? Yeah, Cause... within the last a week or so ago. Okay, because I didn't think that was the case as of our last yeah chat. i mean neither Congrats, one expected man it. yeah it was pretty crazy but it's cool and and this goes this ref, you know you, you asked about the writing um one of the things i started doing is like i started like imagining like i hadn't i hadn't had a therapist yet and i started writing every day as if it was you know i was putting my ideas on paper like i was speaking to her like i was speaking to myself like i was speaking to a therapist the universe you know, the page became my therapist, basically, in the beginning of this process. Okay. And, um, and I started, like, assessing, like, what, what didn't work in the past and, and what things had changed. So it was cool when we got the opportunity to talk about it. Um, we had come, like, a really far, you know, we'd come really far. And, uh, and we both kind of worked on the things that didn't work in our previous relationship on our own. And then brought that to the table and uh it just all seemed to fit that's pretty amazing you just took like a six month break figured it all out and then got back together i mean and and that wasn't even our intention the intention was to focus on ourselves and well that's that's where the work gets done i mean that's how relationships get better in any you know that that's that is where the work is you work on yourself yeah you support the other person in working on themselves I don't think I'd ever been in a place, Justin, where I loved someone so much that I was like, man, if this, if this guy's someone you want to go for, then I, I want your best interest at heart because I love you that much. Um, That's pretty great, isn't it? Oh, I, I don't think I've ever been emotionally mature enough to do something like this. I'm not going to say it wasn't extremely difficult. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's hear Let's hear about that. What was the process? Oh, man. I mean... You know, so right around this time, she was like, you know, this was happening and we were hanging out and uh, we were talking about how like this is, you know, we're just going to keep working on this friendship and that part's over. And um, I don't really know. It's a bit of a whirlwind, to be honest. I mean, I started to have those feelings and I started to express them to her as a maybe we should consider trying this. And she's like, yeah, I still have these feelings, too, but I'm just not you know, we've, I've done all this time thinking about how, you know, this is not something that is, is working for me right now. I have to figure some things out in my life. And, uh, so, you know, I was, I was like this, this patient man. (laughs) (laughs) Which is a new, a new thing. Well, I think, I think definitely listen, like I, I got, I started identifying with a lot of the, the things in my life, Justin, that were, that were kind of toxic. I mean, I realized I started to see my, my power, you know, like, how do I explain this? I started to understand that I have a side of me that wants to win. Um, mm-hmm. and there are things that I could do to try and manipulate situations, to say things, to be romantic, to lay it on thick, you know, 
And, right. and I realized if this is going to be genuine, I couldn't use any of those tricks. I'd ha- I had to be completely honest with myself and with her. I had to be willing to completely let her go. I had to be, I needed to give her as much space as she needed to make this decision. Because if I had any influence in this decision, it could turn into regret in the future. Right. You could and just never trust that it was her choice. Well, and, 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 and really going back to what I was saying about like giving her, like truly loving her and truly wanting her to be happy. I was more concerned about that affecting her truth about the matter. Does that make mm-hmm. sense? Yeah, definitely. So, you know, yeah. And also me. Yeah, of course. It's, it's crazy. I mean, we mirror each other so much. We're we're kind of like, in some ways, like the same person. It's weird. Mm. Um, That's cool though. I mean, it's nice when you can relate so deeply to somebody. Yeah. And we're exploring that. Um, and there's been so much, man. Like I realized one of the huge factors in my life, um, I'll just say right now that I, um, Addie's mom and I have a incredibly loving relationship at this point in our lives. And we really have a lot of respect for each other. And, um, and that wasn't always the case, you know, the process of healing through the divorce and the process of healing, um, you know, having separation from someone that you're together with for 14 years, and then you're a single dad and you want to raise this child and co-parent and there's new relationships and, you know, all this stuff. Um, it was hard for both of us. Uh, and, and I'm for Addy, I'm sure. Oh my God, of course. Yeah. And especially, and the greatest thing about this healing that's taken place um, is that I see a little glimmer of hope in Addie's eyes that I've never seen before. You mean that, that, that her parents can get along, right? That it's not a constant fight or flight that she's not on guard all the time because there's going to be, you know, some event that's going to happen. It's going to make everything all fucked up, you know? Right. Um, consistency. Cause, cause it was, it was somewhat volatile for a, a little while. Right. You know, I, I look at my story like overall is like, compared to what some of the stories I've heard is just like, you know, a Disney movie. Uh, Okay. (laughs) I mean, we never were, we were never unkind in that way. We, we never went, we're out to get each other or hurt each other. We just, we just didn't know how to communicate and we, and it was too painful to try sometimes. So we just kind of let things be what they were. Um, and, and so, you know, to be in this place now is phenomenal. And, and Addie's life has, has benefited greatly beyond anything. And our relationship is closer and her relationship with her mother is closer. And like, I'm, I'm invited over to their new home and it's just great. And I get, you know, I get hugs and everything's nice. beautiful. Everyone's happy. You know, like this Congrats, is man. That's, that's <laughs> a really big deal. It's huge. I had no idea though, Justin. And that's the thing I, as I was relating it to my past relationships, um, and I'm sure she would say the same thing I, about, you know, being, you know, getting pregnant 
you know, 19 years old. I was like 23. Oh, wow. You know, we were kids. Totally. You know, we, you know, growing up in the Bible Belt of Oklahoma, that's what you do, man. You you, you get pregnant and you you marry her. And, you know, that you just, you stick it out and you be a man and, you know, you just work hard and keep your nose down and you don't complain. And, you know, we, neither one of us wanted to be together. Um, but we thought you we were doing the thing, you know, what you're supposed to do. Right. You both thought that you mm-hmm. were both kind of grinning and bearing it because it was the way it's supposed to be. Yeah. And I actually, to be honest, I mean, I look back, I mean, she wasn't ready. I, I probably pushed us to be married and to, to do that because that's what my, my family was saying to do. I mean, right. I look back, she was probably a little more self-aware <laughs> than I was uh-huh. and realized that, you know, I, I look back now and it's, it's very clear that she was like, nah, this probably isn't, probably isn't a great idea, <laughs> wow. but we did it, you know, but what I learned in that process, Justin, and this is really huge and relating it to my current situation is that brother, I, I developed some severe commitment issues. Um, Mm. you know, as I unwrapped it and as I do, I realized I was in something that I didn't want to be in for 14 years of my life. You mean you didn't want to be in it for any of that time or you like, it took that long and you've listen, I remember on our first date, I mean, cause we had bumped into each other a bunch. I just didn't think I had the self-love to understand that I could do, I could find a, a partner that was compatible. Um, Were you able to see it that way then? Or is that you well re- retrospectively looking at it? Well, definitely the language is retrospectively looking at it. But yeah. at the time, I remember our first date. Um, I was like, this is not my person. Okay. When is this, when am I going to, you know, what's going on here? And then the next thing you know, she's moving in and then she's pregnant. And then, you know, years, you know, a decade and a half later. But what that taught me is that until I healed from that, I could never be a partner to anybody. Um, and and he, very- Healed from the breakup or healed from what specifically? Well, just identifying that I had this fear of commitment that I- oh, okay. In the beginning, I mean, I married someone and went through this entire lifetime against my better judgment. So what did that do to me? What mm-hmm. what did I put myself into? Um, and that's, that's what I've been identifying with lately is in my relationships, especially in you know, my current relationship with Lindsay, what didn't work before is that I was always afraid to commit to go to the next level. I was always afraid that I was going to repeat this same thing and had nothing to do with her or her strengths and all the beautiful things about her. It was, it never does. Never does. It never has to do with the other person. I mean, they reflect to you what your issues are, but it's not, it's not really about them. No, I'm, I'm learning that Justin. And it's a great, it's a great lesson because it changes all, all of your, it changes the dynamic in all of your relationships. Yeah. When you, when you can, you know, recognize that you own your own feelings and 
you know, perceptions and expectations and all of that stuff is yours. And you get to, you, you, you get to have it at the end of your dealings with other people. You know, it's you who creates it and it's you who gets to sit with it. Yeah. The other, the other person is involved and they have their own thing going, but I think it gets so confusing when we, when you start assigning, I mean, ultimately we, we, I think we assign blame to one another when mm. we think something is wrong. We just think like, well, it's this person's fault. This is never going to work. They can't yeah. communicate or they can't do this or, and rather than man, what is going on? Why can't I seem to relate or why can't like, what can I do to, to come to the table with this person? And maybe, you know, and sometimes it's just not going to work out and that's okay too. But of course it's the best when it doesn't work out in terms of how society expects it to, but then it works out in this other way. That's actually better where you get to be co-parents and you love each other and respect each other and your kid is happy. It's just, it's just a different, you know, setup than the standard, which isn't even standard anymore. Well, that's interesting. You hit, first of all, you hit the nail on the head about, you know, seeing your own stuff and, and blaming, and then you victimize yourself and then you're hurting. And, um, and that's what I was doing. Um, it's so easy to fall into that. The, like literally the day, Justin, the, the day that, um, Addie's mom and I talked <laughs> the day and we forgave each other for all the shit. I mean, it was on a call. It was kind of a crazy call. It was on the phone. It was wild. <laughs> I remember like within the day, within a few hours, I was going to tech scout this short film that I was doing and I got there early and the DPs a real close buddy of mine. And I just told them what happened. And I was like, I can't believe I, I literally think that like this just opened up everything and made so much space. And I saw that day uh, that I was applying that dysfunctional fear of commitment and wow. that, you know, that inability to just live for the moment, to make, to take risks to in a relationship to pour it all in, to leave, you know, leave it all on the line, just to freaking go for broke. Mm -hmm. it, it was just, it just hit me in the face within hours <laughs> that that was now gone. And the, and there was, dude, there was like this whole room full of space all of a sudden to fill with things that served me all of a sudden. It was like expansive. That's awesome. You know? Yeah, that forgiveness is expansive. Oh, when you're able to truly let go of the the grudge you hold, it, it opens up everything. There's no long, you don't have to look back anymore. You don't have to mull over the same old shit. <laughs> you just look forward and go.
I don't, I don't honestly think I even had the space, you know, you and I have been talking about doing this podcast for a while and I, I've just been sitting in so much pain of like uncertainty about the future and what that all looked like. And, you know, this process of healing, you know, has allowed me to really do this. I don't feel like I'm in that fight or flight anymore. I don't feel like I'm just surviving. I feel like, I feel like I'm living kind of like every day, like for me, (laughs) finally. Well, that's amazing. It feels good. Yeah, I bet. Well, and and you say finally, but actually 40 is pretty young to be getting to that, you know. I like it. Some people spend multiple lifetimes and and never quite achieve that uh, living for the moment. Sure. I mean, I feel like it's a regular struggle for most people to stay stay present, stay enjoying what's happening regardless of what it is. I mean, I don't think you're supposed to always enjoy it, but if you can stay present with it, I think it's a better experience than trying to uh, smash it down or ignore it or, you know, sure. Drug it away or whatever. Well, yeah. And it's funny how like you, you, when you identify those things, when you, when you kind of take them away or you, you, you gain some distance from them, you, you notice how much that you're doing, you know? Yeah. And, and so, yeah, I mean, second chance at love. Um, also we can create, this has been the theme. We can create the rules however we want, or the, you know, the guidelines, like society has a certain thing. Our parents have expectations, you know, you tell friends one thing and you know, none of that matters. You you just, you get to do it your own way. Totally. However you want to do it. I wish more people felt that way or understood that it is really up to them. You don't have to follow a tradition or, you know, any kind of rule book for, uh, for any, for a relationship with another person of any kind. Well, you know, I was given this book called lucid living. It's a small little, I don't know, 30 page little book. Mm -hmm. And this has been like four years ago and it started challenging me to think, I mean, I wrote this quote down that I, I live by. It's basically you created this moment and you get to decide what happens next. As simple as that. Nice. Um, and to imagine that we choose everything around us and that we're the, the architect of that and being, you know, in complete acceptance of who we are and complete responsibility. That's a big one. Yeah. (laughs) Forgiveness. That's a huge one. Loving that guy in the mirror. That's been my uncle. Philip told me that when I was a kid and I never forgot it. Like, as long as you like the guy in the mirror, you're doing okay. (laughs) That's amazing. That's (laughs) such a great thing to hear as a kid. I mean, from somebody you trust. Yeah. And I always remember that. Like I took, I took a couple Polaroids of myself. Um, it's gonna, it's kind of a weird thing when I was really, really happy a few years back and I, I just taped them in my shower. <laughs> nice. And my big cheesy smile above the shower head and they've always been there, you know, and sometimes I look up and I, 
that's like all I need to remember that like everything's okay. That's amazing, man. That's a really cool idea. It's a good practice. See, just to remind yourself of what you look like happy. Yeah. When you're not ha- when you're not feeling happy. And then it's a really good idea. Then it's a choice often. Even, you know, and, and this is one going to ayahuasca for a minute. One of the things that mm-hmm. I started in Kundalini yoga with a good friend who kind of brought me into the plant medicine world. And we, I started meditating and doing yoga, started unlocking that vibrational energy stuff, the, you know, the Kundalini energy, the chakra work, um, which to this day, I mean, this has been almost 10 years of doing this work. And to this day, I'm still like, feel like I don't know anything about it. Wow. I don't, I like that, that I don't, I just do the work and yeah. I get benefits. And it's so weird because my, I'm the type of person that I like to know how everything works for me to fully feel like I'm getting something out of it. Mm-hmm. But with this stuff, I don't know. It's a mystery and I love it. It just, my life is great when I do it and it's maybe a little less great when I don't do it. <laughs> But uh, that's kind of all you need to know. I mean, that's, that's all you if, need to know. if that's, yeah, if that's true for you and you, you know, you can, that's enough to motivate you to keep doing it. Then that's, that's all you need. And but the revelations will come in as they do. One of the things that's great is that I don't remember where this came from, but in the tough work, I was told I believe my buddy Wael told me this to just smile through the pain. Mm. Just smile uh-huh. and look up and just be grateful. And, uh, I remember it took me years to be prepared for my first ceremony, ayahuasca ceremony. Mm-hmm. I remember talking to you once about it in the backseat of a car driving <laughs> in Michigan. You hadn't done it yet, and you were you were really excited about the prospect of trying it. I wasn't sure where it was going to come from. I wasn't sure where it was going to find me. Mm-hmm. Um, I just, and I tell a lot of people this: when you're ready, like you, you know, she's like a f- feminine energy, like a grandmother type spirit. Mm-hmm. When you're ready, she finds you, and I was ready. I was. <laughs> I think this was a few, this is maybe a month or so after I took that picture that was in my shower. Because okay. the truth is, Justin, I don't know how happy I really was. I just was at the moment when I took the picture. I was in well, so much pain at that time yeah. that I needed to have that reminder that I can, I can smile through the pain. Yeah. Well, that's even more powerful. If you had just been plain happy and took the picture and it was just a normal state of affairs. It wouldn't be that impactful when you looked at it. Yeah. I kind of forgot until just now, like the actual, the the reality is that photo was taken at probably one of the darkest times in my life. Man, I've had that same roller coaster ride where I'm like bawling one day. I mean, I've actually videotaped myself crying just to see what, what a fully, just an absolute true expression of a feeling looks like, you know? Mm. And it was pretty, it was pretty cool to, to watch it back actually just to be like oh wow that's me being honest about my feelings and nobody's here to judge me or you know nobody's even witnessing it but i get to 
Wow. That vulnerability. Yeah, to see yourself in that vulnerable state. Wow, what a beautiful private moment too. Yeah, I, I remember it well, actually. I remember I can still, I mean, I have the video of it, but I also can just picture that day. Just, you know, I, I had, I thought, a good reason to cry and I let it all out and it felt great to release it and it felt pretty cool to witness it like that. Mm. I should try that. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I always encourage men, especially I encourage them to cry whenever it, whenever the impulse arises, cause you fucking got to do it. I mean, the feeling is real. You can't, you can't deny the, the emotional content, you know, and when you yeah. do, you harm yourself, you do, you're suppressing something. Um, yeah, it's like a lie. I think it hurts yourself and it hurts like your relationships, you know, to like hold back. It, I mean, listen, Justin, I mean, I cry probably on a daily basis, to be honest that, with you. That's awesome. That's um, great. There's no, I mean, there's absolutely no shame in it. No, um, I love it. I don't, I don't think anyone should feel ashamed. Um, and I think you're right. Men, men should, you know, be vulnerable and to each other. That's something missing in our, I guess, is it, you know, male culture, um, American, I don't know what that is, but. Yeah, we certainly in America, it's true. We're conditioned to to feel like that's, you know, that that's not okay or that that's weak or that's lesser. And uh, yeah, I think that's changing, though, that I I noticed with Addie's generation, like they're kind of just like they don't really care what anyone thinks. No, and it's pretty cool. All the like all the gender fluidity and stuff makes it so that nobody even gives a shit about that. It's so great. It's such a relief to just have this like, well, I don't care. You look, you look fine to me. You're different, but who cares? They're just not judging each other. Yeah, it's really beautiful, actually. I I love it. And when you explain it, they're like, I don't care. I don't know why this person is the way they are, but that's just how they are. So like, um, yeah, next isn't that amazing? I mean, if we were all doing that, imagine the the peace that would foster. I, I think it's really amazing, and I and it's also it's wild that they get so much shit. Like they're such a great generation, and they just get so much bad press. <laughs> yeah, it's all it's all singling out the negative shit, and you know, probably a lot of it is is jealousy. You know, the boomers and Gen Xers are like sure they have this, they came into the world with a a better sense of self and some kind of enlightened view that a lot of people didn't have generations ago. Yeah. Like we felt like we did the work because you know, look at us and just wandering aimlessly and figuring it out because they're relying on their feelings. Like who knew? (laughs) I think it's fucking awesome. I think, I think the youth are the future always have been and will continue to be what transforms humanity i mean other people have to get on board too but the but the youth perspective is what drives it because they're like the close they're the closer you are to to being born i think the the more pure you you know your actual process as a conscious being is Mm -hmm. like it, it gets it gets muddied through the years
was explained to me in this group psychology thing that I did a few years back, which is really intense. Um, that we're born like we have these insanely powerful brains like our the human brain runs on only a few watts of power but if we were to replicate it in modern technology it would be something like a supercomputer eight blocks long that right. would need a nuclear reactor to power it in a river uh -huh. to cool it but so from birth you know we we've society's created this morality and all this sets of rules to keep order. And then from birth, where we start to be programmed and conditioned away from the earth, away from love, away from each other, to fit into that system. Um, and that's exactly it. That's this is I, the thing about the reprogramming that we we get to do as adults or as a, an aware young people. Um, you know, therapy's one great way to rewire. I mean, we know that scientifically that we've just simply regroove the pathways in our brain. Um, right. I do believe you say simply, but it's not all that simple. <laughs> well, but, from our, but from that our, is the process, right? The physical part. I mean, the, the body just does it like they just records, right? We right. have to find technologies and practices. You know, I look at plant medicine as a technology and I look at Kundalini yoga as a technology that, enhances these features and therapy as well oh man technology god is it i'm learning <laughs> that now we'll have to get to that for sure i want to spend some time on that but you know i one of the things about ayahuasca that's like it's so hard for, for people to understand that i mean when i did this medicine when it started coming on i was told that you know this guy on a scale of one to ten his medicine's a 19 <laughs> and uh, and boy, this was my first journey and I'm in a room and there's everyone around me has done multiple, multiple, multiple journeys. I mean, I was the new guy. Okay. And, uh, but you know, that, that one night changed my entire life. Some people compare it to 20 years of therapy and right. you know, I can, I can see that changed everything. Wow. I started I mentioned this earlier, but it put me in touch with the idea that prior to this experience, I was looking at everything in my life that I did not achieve. And after okay. the experience, it was like, what can I do? What do I get to do? Nice. What will I do? So it, it opened up opportunity that you didn't see before. It just Potential. I fell in love with myself, man. During um, your during the trip or the journey? Totally. I I had like about eight past life experiences with full I would say each one lasted, you know, if I was to compare it to our physical time frame, um, maybe a couple days each. Honestly, Justin, I don't know. Um You this, were like reviewing past lives and yeah, I had and I would live them a little bit like a memory. And the grandmother would be there to show me. And then I would live these memories very physically and feel and then die. That was the thing about each, each one is I would die. And you then actually would, witnessed and experienced oh, the, the death in each one. Absolutely. Oh, wow. Yeah. It was intense. And then I got, I got 
and so when you die and then bam you're you're you wake in a new life like I'm like is this reincarnation this is like okay this is real this is what happens this is what's happened to me this is the experience i'm having this is very real so um, you had that experience too the birthing experience into the next life you know, or the, i kind of just jumped into like like awakening in consciousness yeah and i jumped towards the towards the end of the next lifetime okay really and then died again and then died again so at one point it was like in the desert dying of thirst and i felt that oh um, shit one one was I was dancing in this. It was like a wild west spaghetti western, and I was dancing with um, the senoritas and like the beautiful like, and I could hear the music and smell the flowers and the aqua florida and the air and the and the medicine. And then I was dancing with her, and then I was laid down so gently into a black coffin, and the door shut. And then it was next life. Whoa! Um, Damn. At one point, it got so messy for me, and I could hear people around, kind of, kind of laughing a little bit, like snickering, like, "Oh yeah, we remember this time, our first time. We remember. You're gonna be okay, kid. You know, kind of mm -hmm. like that. That. Mm -hmm. That did, did that feel? Did you feel teased though, or did you no, feel like you felt I, supported still? I felt supported. I felt like this is what's supposed to happen. But you know, after multiple experiences of this. I started to get fucking mad. It's like, again? I mean, I was, I remember saying it out loud. <laughs> Not again. Mad. I don't want to do this again. Mad that you had to go through the, the ugly part again? Yeah. I was like, I, it, it led up to a, a really important part, which the most important part, which was that I did it so many times until I just was okay with dying. I wanted to just die. I wanted to just let go completely. Hmm. Um, I had a moment where I even felt like I had disrupted the ceremony by having a massive heart attack and that this, the paramedics came in and took me out of the room and my parents flew in from Oklahoma and then I was in a hospital room alive. And I was so ashamed that I disrupted the ceremony. And I was so ashamed that. Um, Wait, this I actually worried. happened or are you, are you imagined this? This was, yeah, this was part of the journey. This okay. did not happen. Um, and I mean, I was aware it wasn't real, but it was kind of like a side hallucination. So to speak. I don't know if that's the right word, honestly. Um, Vision. But, yeah, vision. I mean, you know, there were, it was in between all the other ones. It was kind of like multidimensional. Like there was the, like, what could be happening in the moment in the real world. And then like what's happening in the past and then what's happened before and then what's going to happen. I mean, there was a moment where I wanted to, I looked around the room and I wanted to spread love to every person in the room because I felt this overwhelming need to just pour my love like a fire hose, like conduit of just everything inside and I just wanted to empty it out. Wow. And I thought that what would be really cool is if I snuck up behind everyone to do it, to surprise them. So they, they, and so I'm like, I'm going to go the backside around the universe. Okay. Justin, I was like, I'm going to go. Cause at this point I'm traveling through time. I'm, uh, I'm on crafts with beings. They're showing me, 
you know, how to travel between stars and how quickly and easily it is. Oh, um, shit. Tearing down the, the you know, they, there's some string theory concepts here and, and they're tearing. What, what, can I, I interrupt know, to ask what the beings look like? They were, they, that's, I drew them actually. They looked like praying mantises. Oh, wow. They were like that's... a bug version. They were kind of a green translucent skin. Um, some version of that. Huge um, eyes. You know, in my picture, the eyes weren't huge, but they're, they were like, like a mixture between a blade of grass and like a praying mantis. And they were really, they were bright and they were translucent. And you were on an actual, like you said craft, you were like yeah, inside it, of a spacecraft. Yeah, it was moving. I, I don't remember. It was really close up on what the beings looked like. Like they were there to like keep me calm and to let me know that it, they just wanted to show me where I, where we came from. Okay. And, and that space and time, like separation doesn't exist, that you can move quickly through things without any effort and that right. you're never far away from anything. It's just, we're just limited by our understanding of our physical experience. Right. Um, I'm no scientist and I'm sure that, you know, a lot of things I'm saying are crazy, but you know, this is my journey. That sounds fucking great to me. <laughs> it's, 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 as, it's as real as if it just happened today to me. Um, but That's amazing. Back, to the, back to the spreading love around the room, I thought I'd go the backside around the universe and I immediately realized that as I'm watching them, the, they were getting so far away so quickly, like the universe was expanding. I was in that space of expansion. Hmm. I saw it happening right in front of me. Well, and I was like, well, I guess I can't can't keep up with this. Right. <laughs> or go directly. <laughs> you know what I mean? Damn. Um so no yeah. sneaking up in, in within the universe. <laughs> no. You, got, you have to face it and walk forward into the crowd. Yeah, you just gotta go direct. It's a good lesson to learn. Just go right to the source. Go right yeah. to the right to right. the thing. And then there's a lot of lessons there, you know not waiting, not trying to do things so heroically and not trying to look, you know, perform just not trying to be in control. Yeah. Just fucking love. Just nice. Go for it. Um, and then you, you say it's as real as a, as if it happened yesterday, but are, were you able after the experience, were you able to carry that feeling with you? Cause I've heard some people say after doing ayahuasca that they, they've come down pretty fucking hard. Like they, they go back to their normal life and get depressed. No, actually, Justin, this, this was, this lasted for probably a good six months. Of, After the first time? Oh yeah. Um, it, it, you know, it felt like days to begin with. I mean, let me just segue real quick before I answer that. There was a part where an hour and a half into the ceremony, they asked if anyone wanted to drink another cup because some people that have done a lot have you know, are a bit resistant maybe. Right. And the room kind of laughed like, you know, we're good. And I actually watched my buddy get up and have another cup. And so I followed him and I found out later he never did. Um, that's what I needed as a real breakthrough dose, like a real heavy. That's when things got really, really, really crazy. 
But um. So wait, you got up to to follow your buddy because you thought he was taking a second dose? Yeah, I and felt then, like I was and, following his lead, and I felt comfortable doing that. Like if he was going to do it, he brought me there that I could do this. But he didn't do a second dose, and you did. And he did not. Correct, and I did. Okay, but that's what got you through the, the well, threshold. That's what, prior to that, it was me smiling and looking up and having all these beautiful geometry and dragons and snakes and all this beautiful thing and all this heart and i was smiling mm -hmm. the second cup is what made it hard and that's what you really aim for is to do the work I and mean, then this is not supposed to be some beautiful experience necessarily um it shouldn't be your intention or aim at least it wasn't for me uh it should be to to do that 20 years of work in one night <sighs> but in that hour and a half this is what was a trip <laughs> literally <laughs> um I I wasn't sure if we were on to the second or third night of the ceremony yet. Like I was thinking, okay, so we just we just keep doing this and it stays nighttime and we just stay in this place for days and we just this is like this could last for a long, long time. I, I had no idea it had only been an hour and a half. Holy shit. Days had gone by at this point. Um and lifetimes apparently lifetimes i mean i was a mayan king at one point i was sitting on top of a pyramid <laughs> that's awesome i was no we talked there was some early life parts of that oh um, yeah you saw some that, of your yeah youth and as a mayan as a warrior yeah i i was i was i remember holding some kind of a tool or spear maybe i don't know some kind of a stick above the water with both hands and I remember being able to see myself with water up to my chin as I was slowly hunting down a river. Wow. Um, what were some of the other lifetimes? Um, the, you, died in, you died of thirst in the desert. Yeah. Uh, you died from dancing with the senoritas. I was hung. How, how did you die as a Mayan king? I don't think I died in that vision. Oh. Um, Maybe you're still a Mayan king. I don't know. I did draw. I mean, I journaled like 40 pages the next day and I drew the pyramid that I was on. And I've been searching for years to try and find this pyramid. I, I haven't really been able to find it. I never got like a bird's eye view of the pyramid. I was just in the chair up on top. And I remember being so loving to everyone around me and getting shit from my siblings or from whoever these other people were next to me that were a full in full dress that I was too relaxed that I needed to be more king-like. And I was just like, but I don't think this is what we should do. We should, these people down below, like depend on us. We should, I kind of like felt like we should merge with them instead of rule them. You know? Wow. So I'm sure that probably didn't end up well for me. Yeah, probably not. You got, you got beheaded in your sleep the next day. <laughs> You're um, like, this guy's a sissy. We got to get, we got to put older there, brother in there yeah i yeah i got i kind of i got i'm sure i got bumped for the next <laughs> um but you know and then there was another thing that was cool that was um i was a uh, a jaguar um that's awesome and with i was a black jaguar i guess i don't know if they're all black but i was a black one and uh there was they're not white, all they're not all black there was this black and white cat and i was the black one and i was running around the this there was no stars or moon, but everything was lit like bioluminescence. And I remember thinking it was like the beginning of time. Okay. 
um, like really early. Right. Yet, you know, there's trees and things. And I remember drinking out of this little small pool and I could see myself. And I remember the feeling of actually running as a cat. And, and so that was another one of the little lifetimes. That's it was amazing. Cool go into an animal state. Yeah, I think my friend Billy said that he also, I don't know if he transformed into a jaguar or he just saw, there was something to do with jaguars in his story too. Wow. That's weird. I hear that's a pretty common theme that you see the, the jaguars. At least that's yeah. what I see. I don't understand how these themes develop. Like I, I remember for, when I first heard about people doing DMT, which mm -hmm. is one of the components of ayahuasca, right? Mm-hmm. Um, they were seeing, the first friend I heard talk about it said that he saw these little tiny metallic elves marching across the floor. And then, and I thought that's like the most insane image I could think of. Like what, what the fucking weird metallic elves. And then I heard like years later, I heard somebody else say the same thing and it, yeah, they Terrence didn't McKenna know the other person. That. And they, what's that? Terrence McKenna talks about that. Um, oh really? About yeah, metallic elves? these little elves. Yeah. Um, and they, so what the hell is that? Why would that be a theme? I don't it's know. Coming out I, of a plant medicine. Well, it's interesting. Cause when he talks about it, he, he talks about smoking DMT, like on the really like crazy level. And you, I have just for the record, I've never taken DMT on its own. Uh, I, it just hasn't really found me. Um, I have, um, allegedly, allegedly. <laughs> yeah. Um, I've, heard, I've heard of it. You've heard of it. You yeah. know, people, um, it's, but what he talks about is this first thing, which is supposedly skyrockets you out of the planet. And then they want you to smoke it again, a second time, which is absurd in your mind at the time. Like you can't even grasp it. And then it gets like a thousand times more crazy or something like that. Yeah. And yeah, then you're supposed to do three big hits right and in a row. The third one, apparently everything like calms down. And he talks about these little voices or these little gnome people they're like, hey, welcome back. It's been a long time. And then he That's can awesome. apparently understand what they're saying. I don't know. It sounds terrifying to me. Yeah, it seems pretty, it seems a little bit uh, otherworldly. I mean, I'd, I'd be very interested and excited if that were to happen, I think. Yeah, sure. Um, I didn't have that. I, I communed with nature. I was, I was talking to flowers and they were breathing and, wow. you know, we were, we were communicating for sure. That's um, yeah. So, okay. So, so you were able to do ayahuasca and come back to your regular life and actually incorporate the, yeah. what you learned there. Well, so that's the, so to, to, to really answer that part, um, for six months, I remember that first hour and a half, I wasn't sure how many days had gone by the right. first six months after that, there were times when I wasn't a hundred percent sure that I wasn't still in that room. <laughs> so I would it just come over you suddenly like you, yeah, well, there's just, there's some, there's things called ascension therapy. And like when you have a profound moment with the really, really strong medicine and you do, I mean, I couldn't walk, bro. I needed, I needed to be helped. I, I had to learn kind of like not to learn to walk again, but the next day I was unable, my legs weren't working well. Hmm. I, went, I mean, I had a physical, you know, Olympia, like clean experience in my body and my soul, everything, you know? So 
I, um, but yeah, so I, as I started researching a little bit, I was like, I can't imagine, like everyone needs this. I can recommend this to any and everyone, but I've changed that. It needs to be a personal thing. I don't think, I don't know if I could recommend it unless someone was really seeking it because yeah. it, it's, I don't think it's dangerous. Um, honestly, and I think it's, there's been, it's had some bad press. I think people that are dishonest about being on certain pharmaceuticals have had bad reactions, but other than that, it's, it's, you know, you, you only hear great things and healing stories. Um, the well, community. the only the only exception to that that I've heard was was like I mentioned before, someone who had, who did it and had an incredible experience. But then when she went back to so called normal life, she mm. she could barely tolerate it because she wanted she wanted to go back to that experience. And that's where that ascension therapy comes in. I'm, I I I see that as a thing that needs to maybe be. There's a word they use then after your ceremonies, where they have these moments where they kind of teach you and they kind of bring you you know, slowly back into the world. Um, but what What's I, the word, do you know, do I you can't remember? there. I always forget it, but it's in any plant ceremony that's, that's ran, you know, by a, by a curandero or a, a medicine person. Um, okay. It's, uh, it's escaping me right now. That's okay. It's like, Hey, we're going to all go back into the, the world and you know, like, let's support each other and let's keep this conversation going. And, uh, this is community, you know, that's cool. This, this is ongoing. We're brothers and sisters. We've bonded. We've, have you stayed in touch with those people? Yeah. One of my best friends is one of them. And I see him and he, talk to him almost every day. Um, was he your best friend going into it or, or yeah, just... yeah, oh, okay. he was, he was. And, uh, we have this crazy, beautiful relationship where he's like a, he's like a brother. That's Not great. unlike a lot of my close friends, but yeah, we're lucky in that way. We found a bunch <laughs> of sweet men to hang out with. Yeah. You know, definitely we got to figure out who's been, who's the curator of all these great men in our lives and women for sure. <laughs> source. I don't, but, yeah, I don't think it's a person who's curating. I think it's, <laughs> I think it's conscious energy, uh, Re reuniting. I like that. I mean, that's yeah. what it feels like to me when I'm, when I meet somebody that I can really get down with and, and really connect with, it feels like I'm fulfilling a part of myself that, that is longing for that, you know? Yeah. And, the, and it's, that's the connectedness that we all crave in one way or another. And, you know, often we're seeking it in unhealthy ways, but when you actually feel it and it's real and it's healthy, it's, it's life-giving. Yeah. And it's, I agree. I, I don't, it's, this actually interesting leads me to one of the things I was thinking about earlier is I, I wonder if you feel the same way, you know, we have this rich group of beautiful, loving friends that are insanely creative and, just like no other. And I've always wondered what the hell these people see in me. <laughs> Do you not see yourself as a, as a creative source? I'm starting to, 
I, I do at this point, but it's taken me a long time to get there. And a lot of that was seeing them and realizing like, you know, you are what you eat, you know, people, you, you surround yourself, successful people surround themselves with other successful people and loving people and kind people. And you're one of those people. And I just think I saw it later than everyone else did. Um, well, I think, I think all of us saw it in you. I don't think any of us had, had doubts. I know I didn't. I mean, when you were helping on the mod verse video, it was, um, you were like master, uh, problem solver, just like, Oh, here's an issue. Let's do this. And you just like immediately would come up with a creative solution. And, uh, I, th my sense of you was that you were like that all the time and you, and you kind of thrived on that, the satisfaction of being able to figure something out. Mm. And, um, so to me, that's totally creative and totally worth noticing in yourself because it's, because you're, it's helpful. You're very, you're, it's a really helpful thing to be able to troubleshoot on the fly. Thanks for saying that. I, it, it, it just makes me think that you know, we have these limited self beliefs and we have these great gifts that everyone else sees as strengths, but yet sometimes we, because we limit our beliefs and ourselves, we don't see them as valuable as they really are. Right. Which is a big part of why relationships with other people are so valuable Yeah, because they get to tell you these things. Yeah. That's and good. You get, and you get to recognize it finally. You're like, okay, well, if you believe it and this other person believes it and you're all telling me this, then it must be true. Must be true. But yeah. I can use that as a way to mirror like my progress. Like I'm not a different person. I always just think I've become a maybe a better version of that person or a, a truer version, maybe. A truer version. Yeah, I don't like the word better because it, it doesn't, it's not better or worse. It's just the it signs value. Yeah. Yeah. It's not, it, it, it's, I think, you know, you, you discover yourself, uh, over time in, in bits and pieces and with huge epiphanies and, you know, I don't think it ever stops. I think you're the whole time that you're conscious, you're learning. And, yeah. Uh, and if you're willing to reflect and be honest about yourself, then you learn a lot. And you can do it. You can learn in any situation. Every single moment is an opportunity to learn. Well, if that's true, which I do believe, this this stuff's already pretty damn cool right now. So I can only <laughs> imagine. I mean, it's pretty cool. Like, yeah, yeah. it's pretty damn good. <laughs> that's awesome, man. That's a good place to be. Yeah. I'm so well, happy. I'm happy. I'm here. I'm happy that I'm starting to see the things you guys saw, uh, and and I'm Me happy too. that I'm seeing the deep, the deeper things in in you and and my friends, and and just falling more and more in love with with those people every time I talk to them.
Well, let's talk about therapy for, for a bit. Um, yeah. and, and then we should probably wrap up after, okay, uh, cool. just for the sake of editing sanity. Okay. So when Lindsay got back into town, I was telling her my, my want to do therapy. Um, she actually turned me on to a, a group that they have a master therapist. I don't know if that's the right word. This amazing lady who does an intake with you and you know, you write hours worth of stuff and she just goes through over everything with you and they kind of curate like a, like a, a good fit. You know, I found in the past when I talked to these people that when I'm auditioning therapists and I just never followed through, um, I just was like, there's, I just like, dude, I can't, I, I don't, I don't relate to this person. I don't, I'm not mm-hmm. so she, she turned me on to this group and I went through it, talked to the, talked to the lady and she put me in charge. I'm sorry. She put me in touch with one of the male therapists. Now, Justin, I, I grew up with a single mom. I'm very in touch with my feminine energy. I'm really comfortable in that. Um, excuse me, let me get a drink of water. I'm really comfortable with that side of me. Um, I communicate well with women. I find comfort in talking with women. Me too. And I think um, also because of my mom's influence. Your mom's, in, and I relate it to my mother as well. Um, mm-hmm. My dad, I saw my dad every other weekend. My dad was a super cool dude growing up. We had fun. Um, but, you know, I didn't have that, like, let's play catch. I didn't have that father, you know, that typical father figure even though me and my dad are amazing and I love him and we're just, we're so great and I'm getting to know him and we could go on about that for hours. But, and my mother was such a hardworking single mother and loved me so hard. So of course I'm naturally inclined to want a woman therapist. And I told that to this lady, her name's Natalie, but I'm like, Hey, you know, I'd love a male perspective. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, I'm looking to try and get back with maybe the ideas are coming into my head of like what it would be to be in a partnership again with with my girl and and like or a friendship or like what is the male perspective on this? Like what am I? I don't know. I don't know. I have no idea what I'm doing. <laughs> I can't tell you how a healthy man thinks, quote unquote, how to, you know, whatever. So she puts me with this guy and I'm convinced that. His name's Jake. I'm convinced that he is not going to work out. And I'm like, listen, Natalie, I, I'm going to try him out. But she actually also offered to be my therapist, which was really cool. She's like, you know, I have, you might, we might be a great fit. You know, I got some time. Hmm. So I'm like, well, you're like the top dog here. So I'm like, you're a huge option, but because of my, you know, because of my personality, I, I never take the first you know, the first thing someone gives me, I always like, what, what else is there? You know? Oh, really? <laughs> Why is that? You're just discerning or you just want to know I, what else is on offer? Yeah. I just, I'm, I'm you know, I've learned some about myself. Like I'm always going to wonder what else is there. Uh, so, and I, I'm trying to experiment and try 
new things these days um, and narrow down decisions, not just like, you know, if it doesn't feel good, then I'm always going to wonder if there's something that would be a better fit. So I'm doing a little more work to, to, to experience that on my own. Mm -hmm. Anyway, first meeting with this guy, I'm like, this dude is my person. I mean, I, even before the end of the, the session, I was like, well, the only thing that sucks about you as a therapist is that I, I, I want to be your friend and I can't be your friend. <laughs> so I'm like, so, so just be aware that one of these days in the future, I may have to fire you so we can, we can hang out, you know, like that's kind of the, it was that kind of connection. That's great. Um, and he's, and he's, he challenges me. How so? To love myself, to learn to cope in healthier ways than I've ever done before. Um, does he give I, you specific tools? How, how does he do? How does he work? Well, there are specific tools. Homework, for example. Um, you know what? Things like what kind of man do you want to be? And I thought, you know, first of all, let's go back to the word cope. I remember I've heard the word cope my, my whole life. It's like I just throw that word away. It's like okay, coping, cool. Like that's therapy stuff. Right. What does that mean? It doesn't matter. And I started digging into what that meant, and I started seeing a lot of these. Um, patterns and triggers in my life that are unhealthy coping mechanisms, um, like real quick. And I'm one of those people, once I see something, it's really easy for me to make adjustments. That's good. So, I mean, right off the bat, I'm just like, holy shit, man, like this doesn't work for me anymore. This doesn't work. Hey, I like this. I'm bringing this in this space. Um, and you know, what kind of man do you want to be in it? I start writing and next thing you know, it's like eight pages later and I haven't seen, I haven't written a single word about what man I want to be. I just keep writing. I am this and I am that and I am this and I am that. And, and were they good things you were writing or, or not all good? good things, all oh, beautiful okay. things, you know, cool. And just, you know, I'm just changing the inner dialogue and the language with myself. Yeah. That's so what it's all about, man. It's just love, love yourself, dude. You're all you got, man. Yeah. And, no, um, it's true. You write, write songs. You got people that love you. You got all these great people in life. And, but Hey, at the end of the day, man, you are the dude that matters most <laughs> in your life. <laughs> it's true. It's true. Yeah. Even, even when you have kids, you know, your kids are the most important thing, but you still have to matter first because, yeah. you know, if you're not yeah. wearing your oxygen mask, you're not going to help much. Yeah. Well, Funny thing about the oxygen mouth, I, I got diagnosed with um, sleep apnea and in college and then again 10 years ago and then again at the beginning of the pandemic and this time I've been wearing the damn mask and it's kind of funny that you mentioned the oxygen mask because it's like I'm sleeping. You got a CPAP now? Yeah, it's changed the game, bro. It's like... Really? Oh, yeah. You sleep oh, well? Oh. I sleep... <laughs> dude, it's it's wicked the first month or so i was sleeping like three or four hours and waking up and like wanting to run circles of like just go nuts because i haven't slept consistently in what looks like the last 20 years so this wow. has changed memory i mean i can go on and on and on we can have a whole episode about apnea and about every man that's listening right now please if you have any 
doubt in your mind that you may have this, go get checked. It's a 50% higher risk of heart attack and stroke if untreated. So wow, that's my public service announcement about that. Thank you. Well, I'm going to take it to heart because I've, I mean, I've some, I've always had some breathing issues since I was a kid. It's hard for me to breathe through my nose and, uh, I don't know if I have apnea, but I don't, I, I do sleep with my mouth open and I wake up often and, and uh, and I have memory loss issues and, you know, dude, it all could probably be related. Get checked. You I mean, you may have a deviated septum you need to take care of as well that can make the machine work better, but I'll tell you, oh man, I'm so excited for you to get checked. You got to keep me in, keep me up to date on this. All right. I'll, I'll uh, please do. Thanks, man. Live long. I, I, I intend to stick uh, around to do some shit. Yeah. You got a lot Help of work. Some folks. Fine. Let's do it. Yeah. We're still young men. We got, right. we got a lot of living left. Easy on the eyes too. Let's be honest. We're not, not that <laughs> well, that's, I, I mean, I'll, I'll, yeah, I'll agree with at least half of that. And I, I think it's a, <laughs> Okay, the you the you part. You agree with the you part of that? I agree. I, okay, I'm working on it, man. Yeah, uh, get it together, man. Get your get your bike regiment. No, I, you're a, you're a damn fine looking gentleman, and there's there's no uh, there's no no refuting that. And I ain't af- I ain't afraid to say it. No, you're handsome. You're a handsome man yourself. Thanks, man. I I you know it took me a long time to see it. Uh, I don't. I was a pretty scrubby kid, and I didn't have the best uh hygiene i didn't really care that much about it and i had scrubby hair and dumb clothes and dumb glasses and <laughs> i just sort of gave up on ever being like a good looking guy and um <clears throat> then i wanted to be able to talk to girls so i figured i gotta do something to <laughs> do it. at least get the foot in the door because right now nobody's even paying you know they they liked me when I made jokes, but they didn't. They weren't asking me for dates. So, contacts, a haircut, some decent clothes, and suddenly I was noticed. Yep. Which sucks. I mean, I honestly, I think that's pretty shitty. That that's what it takes. Like you got it. You have to fit a certain image to be acknowledged. And I didn't. I didn't. I never liked it. I never. I think I even re- like rejected the idea that I could be good looking just cause I didn't want that to be what people were basing their judgment on. Oh, wow. Know? Man, I'll yeah. tell you, I was awkward as hell and, uh, had no self-confidence, but man, I always wanted to be that hot guy to get all the girls. Well, I wanted to, I wanted that as an idea, but, um, but I didn't like that. That's how you had to do it. Yeah. I wanted girls to like me for who I was, you know, and I, yeah, I didn't want to have to fake it or look like some other guy. And, and a lot of the guys who were getting attention from girls at that time were not like personality wise, were not people I wanted to emulate. Sure. I was friends with the dorks. I was one of the, you know, I wanted to be with nice people and we were, we weren't trying to look cool or be cool. We were just being ourselves and it was so much better. Yeah. You know, and they probably loved you. I mean, that's one of the things I'm learning in, in therapy that my therapist tells me. He's like, they remember you. They were just as insecure about themselves as you were about yourself. And they loved you, but you were just too afraid to, like, make a move. 
because you're afraid of failing all the time or that rejection thing. I'm sure that's partly true, but I, but I can also, I can point to specific times when they were, they didn't love me. They were, nobody was showing me love. Um, it it was straight up rejection, you know, even if just by ignoring, you know, ignoring me or by, uh, I don't know. I didn't, I didn't, it, it was a long time before I was recognized as, you know, someone to pursue. Hmm. Did it, did it like, I mean, obviously did it have anything to do with you think as you started loving yourself and taking for sure it's, it has to do with self-love. I mean, you can't, you can't give off the right energy if you're not liking yourself. You're going to attract more people like that. I'll tell you, my girlfriend is one of the most beautiful women I've ever seen in my life. And I often have to say like, what in the hell dude? You know, but like, as I work on myself and, and, you know, all that good stuff, like, I know that, you know, yeah, it's crazy how it all works. Like you raise your vibrational energy, the more you, the cleaner you think and eat and sleep and love. And, and like, that seems to make a huge impact on, on, uh, on, you know, finding a partner. Definitely finding a a good fit or finding somebody who's good for both for you and, you know, and that's not, not to diss men. I mean, but I feel like women are so much more in tune, at least in my experience. Not, I mean, I don't want to be sexist, but no, it's true. They're just, they're allowed to be in the society do. and we're not. They just, yeah. Like, you know, Lindsay's like so heart and so aware and doesn't always call me on my crap because she knows how sensitive I am. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. But like, like we thrive when I'm like coming from a bike ride and I'm sweaty and she just looks at me like I'm the most beautiful man in the entire world. <laughs> I'm like, what? I that's stink. awesome. That's what great. It's crazy. Yeah. That's awesome. Um, Take care of yourself out there, boys. <laughs> that's right. That's what you gotta do. Yeah. The boys got, well, the boys got to take care of each other too. We have to remind right. one another that uh, it's okay to to feel and to talk about it. Mm-hmm. Well, that's what's great about what you're doing, man. I I love getting to listen to all my best, freaking, most lovely family, <laughs> like and hear hear what they're doing. You know like this experience, like we're all sharing, like I'm so honored to be a part of it. And I'm so thankful. I mean, where are you at on numbers wise right now? How many of these podcasts have you done? Um, well, you're, you're going to be number 94 Ooh. In, in terms of guests. Um, That's great. Wow. Thanks, man. And thanks for the kind words. It really means a lot to me. Um, yeah, it's what it's what it's about. I mean, it's I'm trying to connect with others so that we can share our experiences and learn from each other and help each other. Yeah. Well, it's working. I'm, I'm really happy. You know, I took Addy on a road trip and we listened to a lot of the stuff with you and your brother. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. And it was pretty cool. And just all the friends. So I'm, I'm grateful for what you're doing and thanks man. to be a part of it. Well, I'm I'm grateful and honored to have you be a part of it. 
so thank, thanks for uh thanks for sharing so openly and um i know we could just go on and on but let's uh let's pick it up in episode 152 that <laughs> sounds great man cool <laughs> i love you bro i love you too man it's really great talking to you you too man thank you so much have a lovely weekend thank you you too and uh let's talk soon okay all right man love Later. you bye Thanks for listening, everybody. That was my friend Dustin. I uh, hope you enjoyed. I know that I needed that conversation. Uh, I've been, as I reported earlier, feeling just, you know, ugh, messed up this way and that, all different ways. Um, I had been feeling, I think I used the word paralyzed, like I you know, don't know what to do next or where to go. And still feeling that, but in addition, I'm feeling detached from things, from life, from friends, from myself even. I mean, I'm digging deep into myself and I'm looking at all kinds of stuff and there have been some major shifts happening. There have also been some major emotional rides as I review some of the things in my life that I just not happy about like I just really wish I had made different decisions and you know they say don't live in regret and I agree but how do you let go of that shit I don't know I'm still learning uh I'm I'm finding some ways to do things that are working better for me than some other ways but I'm also finding myself falling back on those old ways as a means of checking out and staying in denial about things that are happening or will be happening. And so that's something I'm interested in changing and actively working on changing and struggling at changing. So, um, yeah, I guess you're going to hear more about that, aren't you? If you keep on listening and I hope that you do. Uh, I'm going to try to get back to doing this podcast more frequently as I continue to make some changes behind the scenes. Uh, I'm excited for the new incarnation that will be coming sometime in the future. I will not predict it now because I can't predict anything anymore and probably never could. Uh, So things will happen and it will be great and all of us will be involved, anyone who wants to be. And if you would like to be more involved and support me and my podcast and my art and music, uh, you can go to patreon.com slash outspokenpodcast. And there you will find a few different membership tiers. I'm still playing around with some changes, uh, but basically it's a way for you to get some original artwork or some original music. And there will be more things. I've made some stickers and other little merch that's going to be fun to roll out. So go check that out if you wish and support me if you wish. And I will appreciate you regardless. Uh, 
Um, all right. I love you guys. I love you all. My gratitude goes to all of my friends. I miss you dearly. I've been a terrible correspondent even prior to quarantine and other stuff. And for that, I am uh, repentant. Uh, I miss you and love you all. And um, yeah, I just pulled a couple quotes from the conversation you just heard because I find them very powerful um, and necessary these days. One was from Dustin himself. He says, love yourself. You're all you got. That's a message I need to hear frequently. Um, And his uncle Philip said something similar way back when he was a kid. And I wish somebody would say this to every kid uh, every day. Maybe Uh, he said, as long as you like the guy in the mirror, you're doing okay. So uh, you can update that and fill in the pronoun that suits you. But um, I think it's a good place to start and a good goal to aim for. So I wish you well. Love you lots. And talk to you soon.